and boom goes the dynamite. What's up, party people? We are back. It's the SoCo Sports Show, and we are back after a crazy divisional round, which we're excited to recap. Uh, I'm joined, uh, of course, by someone who is less excited to recap. Seth Otis here. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big 180 from last week. (laughs) Yes, the mood will be far more somber uh, than it was seven days ago. I'm, of course, Cody Michael. And uh, our, our games uh, left to recap continue to shrink. We have four games to recap and two games to preview. So um, not, not so much going on today, but um, we want to make sure to get you into championship weekend uh, ready to root against Seth's picks and root for mine. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's go ahead and fire right into it. Or let's, let's get into recapping the divisional round here. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? All right. I uh, hate to do it to you, Seth, but we're going to start in San Francisco. Why? Where the 49ers were victorious Suck. over the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and, I, you know, I'll go ahead and read the stats uh, first. So Garoppolo, they didn't need much of him. He was 11 for 19 with 130 yards and a touchdown, also threw a pick. But uh, Tevin Coleman led the way in rushing 100 yards, two touchdowns. And then uh, Kendrick Bourne also caught a touchdown pass on three for 40. But, you know, they they ran the ball really well in this game. They had about 175 yards of total rushing, 100, actually about 190 yards of total rushing. Uh, this was exactly the kind of game that the Niners have been playing all season. And, and for the Vikings, uh, Kirk Cousins was efficient in this, 21 of 29, uh, but only, a, only 172 yards, had a touchdown and one pick, but they could not get it going on the ground. 21 total rushing yards on 10 attempts between Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Uh, Stephon Diggs got in the end zone on a long touchdown. He had two for 57 total and a score. The The Vikings offense uh, just kind of looked anemic in this one. They, they could not get a ton of momentum. They punted a shitload of times. I think they had something like five plus three and outs in this. So the Vikings offense, which which performed admirably the prior week, uh, you know, was was handled by the Niners here. And, you know, the final score here was 27 to 10. So, you know, this is, like I said, the kind of game the Niners have been winning all year. They're winning by running the ball, playing the time of possession game, and playing really good defense and keeping it out of the hands of their opponents. So, you know, if if you've been watching the Niners all season, you just got more of the same. Um, I was a little bit surprised that the Vikings didn't have more fight in them. I really expected them to come out, uh, you know, with, with more fire. But, uh but you know, maybe maybe a little bit of a letdown after the win in in New Orleans. Uh, Seth, what did what did you see in this one? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it. I wasn't too surprised by it because I see, saw it to the same, pretty much the same type of performance two years ago uh, when they uh, when they played New, uh, Philadelphia after coming off the the big win against the Saints. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. They came out no offense. Uh, this is how they looked against Green Bay. You know, so two of their biggest games they played this year, that's that's how the offense performed. It, it was uh, not good to see. Uh, and and it was the, for the same reasons. Uh, they weren't able to get the ball going on the ground. Uh, it's the same, again, the game against that the Packers when they, they blew it there, weren't able to run the ball at all. So, you know, it, it's, I'm not surprised. As a Vikings fan, you've seen this before. Um, you know, <laughs> so it, it's not... It's not anything new, but you know it, it's kind of one of those things. It's just like when, when, when are they gonna, you know, make it like make a decision to to switch some things up or, um, I, I mean, I'm saying you know with personnel, players, that type of thing, because like the combo they have, the defense is old at this point. Uh, they played fine for for some games, but they were very on and off and inconsistent. Um, the offense 
can do this where they just completely go. And I don't even know, like Kirk Cousins was hit a lot in this game. Um, but I don't even know, like if getting a better offensive line is going to be the, what they need. I, they just, I don't know. I, 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 I think their window is pretty much closed if I'm looking at Minnesota. And so it, it's, it's tough, but yeah, San Francisco looked great. They did everything they needed to do. That week of rest was great for him. Uh, having that bye week, um, and God, I really hope they win this week. <laughs> yep, we'll get into previewing. So San Francisco moves on, and they will host the NFC Championship game. And for the Vikings, I think you're, I think you're on to something there, Seth. They've got some decisions to make over the offseason and some changes to make. We did get word that uh, Matt Stefanski was hired away. Kevin. That became official, right? Kevin Stefanski Kev- yep, was hired he, away. He's the head coach of Cleveland. Cleveland now, yes. Uh, what and do you think of that fit? Do you do you like that? Do you like the hire for Cleveland, or what are your thoughts on Minnesota changing changing the uh, the captain at the offense there? I do like Stefanski. Um, if nothing else, is that he's like he was with Minnesota for like fifteen or seventeen years, and he's still a pretty young dude. Um, but you know, it, I, the offense he ran was, as you saw it, very inconsistent, and that could have been an issue of you know, maybe him and Kubiak were kind of maybe going back and forth because Gary Kubiak was an offensive advisor this year and, and, and that type of thing. So um, personally, I hope they just make him the offensive coordinator for the new hire. <laughs> that would be really great because a lot of the stuff they did different worked. Uh, it was when, because Stef- Stefanski, he took over at the end of last year and they were they were just running the ball over and over and over again. And, and when you have a good running back, that, that works, but I only some of the time like we kind of saw this year so I'm in a way I'm happy that we're getting some getting him out of there so because something needs needs to change with that offense I don't know what but something needs to change with it um so it's good he's out of there um I like again I like him as a person and 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 that type of thing like he, he's been a good guy for Minnesota I just think that Cleveland I think Cleveland needed to go with someone maybe a little bit more, well I don't know because maybe he could fit well with his running like his his typical running he likes to run the ball a lot. That's great for the Cleveland. The one thing they did amazing this year is run the football. Mm-hmm. Maybe and and Stefanski does know how to use two backs. He did that in Minnesota with like Latavius Murray and, and that type of thing when he had them and had Murray and Cook and Murray and and McKinnon. So he does have that two back system pretty well. Um, so he might fit well. Actually, I don't know, but I, I also think Cleveland might need to to shake things up and go with someone who you know, has a bigger name or has a little bit more of a wider offense to kind of go with wider offense to go with, uh, like, <laughs> like they're crazy players they have. So, um, who knows? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a strange, I thought it was a little bit of a strange hire. Yeah. I, the problem with Cleveland is I, and we find ourselves again, talking about fucking Cleveland and they, uh, what's interesting about Cleveland is they can't, they can't get a better hire. It's Cleveland. Like mm-hmm. they, they fire the coach every single season. They've got total chaos in their locker room and it's Cleveland. So uh, as far as I, I think it's an interesting hire, you bring up a good point about what Stefanski was able to do with Dalvin cook these last couple years. And I think some really good times are ahead for Nick Chubb uh, really excited for, for seeing what he's going to do. Um, we'll see. We'll see offensively. I don't think anyone can coach the Browns to success, but It'll be interesting to see if he can do it, and I agree with you. I think Kubiak might might be might be you know the the right answer might be in house for Minnesota, 
Um, and, you know, we always talk about they've got the personnel. It's just a matter of getting the scheme right, getting Cousins comfortable, keeping him on his feet. Um, I, if I'm an offensive coordinator looking for a job, I'm definitely making myself available to Minnesota. It seems like one of the attractive jobs to get. But And, and they have a defensive coordinator position open, too. Their their D coordinator, uh, Edwards, left. Uh, to mm. I don't know where he's going. but uh, So they have two, two, actually, coordinator positions open. But like I said, I would love Kubiak just to take it over. Uh, him and yep. his son are both there. And, uh, you know, again, I could see a lot of the a lot of the offense that he incorporated, a lot of the rollouts and in zone schemes, um, he 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 did. Those were his like contributions. So um, I, I would like for him to take it over and have the full reins of the offense. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be interesting for the Vikings. We talk about it all the time. I just said it a second ago. The personnel are there. Uh, it's a matter of getting the schemes right and getting some consistency because they they have such big flashes of talent all the time. And whether they need to shake a couple things up or, or what they need to do, I don't know. But they're one of those teams that is perpetually so close um, that, you know, you think maybe it's just minor tweaks that need to be made. But there are going to be some big shifts this year, both offensive and defensive coordinators uh, being replaced. So I am there. The Vikings are a team that's going to be really fun to watch, even even, you know, for me, who is not a fan of the Vikings. Um, I'm intrigued to see where they go next and what they do. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I I know that because the defense is getting old. Um, you know that that core just isn't quite as you know as as we saw with Rhodes this year. It just isn't quite as to the same level. And especially like once Harrison Smith starts to drop and play, he hasn't yet. He's still one of the top two or three safeties in the league. But once he starts to drop play, that's a huge part of that defense that that becomes weak. Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll still see what happens. Um, there's also been talks of Stefan Diggs wanting out, uh, wanting a trade. So that could possibly happen this offseason. A lot up in the air, I think, with Minnesota. Yep, yep, I think so. Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear Diggs bitching. He's, that's Diggs. He's, I don't have a lot of respect for that guy, to be completely honest with you. But um, anyway. Oh, we didn't do a, a chic tweet. We didn't do a chic tweet. Let's do a chic tweet. You got one? Yeah. All right, let's do it. I call you a punk. I was so excited to drag you over the hot coals of, of the yeah, fuck of you, man. I, I skipped over a whole segment. <laughs> did did you even do ads and stuff? You didn't even do. No, ads I didn't do any ads. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a oh, dick. I suck at this. I, I I hey man, maybe I got a little sadist in me. I don't know. Yeah, but, fuck you. <laughs> read your tweet, and then I'll do ads, and then we'll go back to talking about the Vikings. No, we'll we'll go down the next game after that. <laughs> Um, Iron Sheik actually had two pretty great ones. Um, one of them I don't like because it's in support of the Packers, I guess, but, um, I'll read that one second cause it's, it's weird. Uh, but the first one, uh, is about the Kansas city chiefs. Of course, Dan will be happy about this one. Uh, Iron Sheik says the Kansas city score more than Ric Flair at the hotel bar after a beautiful house show in 1985, Bubba. Yeah, it was a nice, <laughs> that's uh Ric Flair in there doing 69. some 69. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's, Jesus. That's funny. Rick Flair just walks into a hotel bar and goes, Give me what I want! And he gets it. And he gets it. Yep. That's all I got. Um, he has a few, actually. He he. Uh, there's a lot, actually, here. Um, he kind of commentated the Baltimore game. He says, Baltimore, what the fuck? And then he <laughs> says, Tennessee Titans play excellent, which I agree with. Um, and then he said, Baltimore just got humbled. So he spoiled the end of that game. But my favorite one... Um, <laughs> Iron Sheik must have liked the the, the end of the the Packers game because he says 
cold beer for the Packers tonight, warm Sprite for the Seahawks. <laughs> I love that he, that warm Sprite is the, in his mind, the opposite of beer. That is fucking funny, dude. I'm, next time someone like disappoints me, I'm going to be like, you get warm Sprite. <laughs> Oh, warm sprite that made me laugh so hard when i saw that <laughs> oh man that's funny the sheik dropping some serious nfl tweets this week i like it i call you yep. a punk all right guys i th- thanks for keeping me on my toes seth we almost disappointed our sponsors here uh, let's give them a quick <laughs> shout out first of all audibletrial.com slash soco hit the link in the description box for 30 days of audible and your first book for free Free! Mathis Designs. Find our good friend Steph on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Pete! And of course, Mike's Wood. You can find Mike and his wife Courtney on Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed if you want to get your woodworked. <laughs> God damn. That sounded like <laughs> you had some pent up fucking demon shit coming out of you. Holy cow. <laughs> Didn't like that one bit. Uh, let's see if you guys like this. It's, here's uh, here's our previously recorded selves with one more ad. All right. Brilliant as always. Uh, all right. Now that we got all that taken care of, back to the football games. I guess I'll hit this one more time, I suppose. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? You just heard it from the Sheik. The Baltimore Ravens get humbled at home. Humbled. Humbled. Holy cow. The score was 28 to 12 in favor of the visiting Tennessee Titans. Seth's team. Uh, yeah, they, they at least one of my to, teams won. <laughs> they took it to Baltimore, and Seth, for the second straight week, Ryan Tannehill throws for less than 100 yards. He had 88 yards on 7 of 14 passing, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry also threw a touchdown pass and then proceeded to rush 30 times for 195 yards. This Hell guy yeah. is putting up historic all-time playoff numbers for running backs, and it seems like... It, it it seems like everyone knows what the Titans are going to do, and they don't fucking care. They're like, stop us. And Baltimore couldn't do it. And for the Baltimore offense, Lamar Jackson, frankly, did not play well in this game. Uh, he finishes with 365 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. But about, about 250 of those yards and the touchdown came in the fourth quarter. He was poor for all almost all of this game. He also had 143 yards to lead all Baltimore rushers. Mark Ingram was kind of playing on a limp. He was not 100% in this game, so he only had six carries for 22 yards. Marquise Brown, uh, Hollywood they call him, he had uh, seven catches for 126 yards. And Seth, this game, uh, Tennessee did what no other team has been able to do against Baltimore during the 12-game winning streak. They came out, they punched Baltimore in the mouth, and took a lead early. They were up uh, 14-0 at one point. And now you're Tennessee. You're playing from ahead. You just turn around and give it to the fucking train in your backfield and wait for the clock to run out. So essentially, the Titans Baltimore'd Baltimore in this game because that's how the Ravens have been winning all season. You jump out to a lead. You can get more aggressive on defense, cause some turnovers, and you run the ball to keep the, keep the ball away from the other guys. Tennessee, again, they, we all know what they're going to do. And for the second straight game, after going into Foxborough and beating the Patriots, they go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. This this just stopped being a Cinderella story, if you're asking me, because they took it to the to the, to the Ravens. They didn't get lucky. They had a better game plan, better execution, and frankly, better players on the field during this game. 
is this Tennessee... Am I am I wrong in that? Is Tennessee truly a really good team that we're going to take seriously in the next round, or did Baltimore come out flat after the week off? What were your thoughts? I think that I think you do have to take them seriously. Um, they're they're they've proven that they have what it takes to win these big games. I mean, they they beat the number three seed uh, and and the uh, the number one seed in in back to back weeks. One of those being the New England Patriots, who are is the the best championship the best football team like dynasty like the best team in the playoffs ever <laughs> so i mean it's it's hard not to take them seriously because of the, the two opponents they've they've taken down it's 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 very impressive what they've done uh and they're doing it like you said with on the backs of <laughs> on the back of derrick henry and and uh they're they're playing exactly you you talk about perfect playoff playoff football what you need to do what teams who do well in the playoffs um what the the formula is is run the football and play good defense. And right now they're not only running the football well, they're running it at like the best that it's ever been done in the playoffs. Like you were saying, so you know this is this is exactly what they need. I mean, as, as long as Derrick Henry is is continuing to run for hundred at least one hundred fifty yards in every playoff game, um, they're they're gonna. I, I mean, it's it's a it's almost impossible to win if you're the other team in that case, but. We'll see how Casey does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a guy in Derrick Henry who, you know, 30 carries in this, 195 yards, that's an average of 6.5 yards per carry. And I don't, for Baltimore, I don't know, they haven't had to defend against the run. They have they have one of the top rushing offenses this year, but that's primarily because you can't run it against them. Like, you get behind early and you get the ball for so little time that you you, you don't have time to run the ball. And so Baltimore was forced to defend the run for 60 minutes here and flat out couldn't do it. And I don't know who can. The way that Derrick Henry is running, Derrick Henry is running like he's pissed off at every player on the other team. And he's also being chased by like the IRS or something. Like he, there's, there's nothing that's going to get between Derrick Henry and the end zone right now. And it is so fun to watch. It's like watching beast mode do beast mode every single play. Like nobody wants to touch this guy. It's fucking crazy to watch, honestly. And he is, if he keeps running the way he's running, he's going to end up with some, with, um, you know, potentially a, uh, uh, Super Bowl MVP in yeah. his, tro- in his trophy that, case. Oh, crazy. Can you imagine? That'd be Holy so crazy. Um, and this dude, this dude is only in his third year, I believe. I mean, it's, it's pretty insane what he's doing. Yeah, no, he's, he's not, he's hitting his prime right now. Which is horrifying. He's got but, as long as his body holds up, he's going to do this. I was going to say, the way he's playing, the way he plays football, he's probably got another two years in him. Uh, but I mean, wa- watch out these next two fucking years because, especially to, you know, depending on where he goes in the off season and everything like that. Um, and they, but they at this point they probably should resign him before the season's over, mm-hmm. <laughs> extend him before the season's over. But um, the way he's playing right now, he's earning himself a big heap of money uh, here in the off season. Yep. Now for Baltimore, I, I think it's I think it's fair to look at this as a failure. This is a team that rolled everyone for the majority of the season. They go in as the number one seed. The talk was always of Super Bowl, and so to lose at home convincingly in the divisional round cannot feel very good. And mm-hmm. a lot of this a lot of this goes on the quarterback Lamar Jackson. Um, again, he turned it over three times in this game. He had a fumble in addition to his two picks, and we've seen this for the second straight year. Just a, a poor performance. Compared to mm-hmm. what we know he's capable of in the playoff game versus in the regular season, 
Um, I don't know that it should raise a whole lot of concern. Obviously, it's one it's one weekend, but we've seen this now two years in a row. Jackson is a young guy. He's going to develop that clutch factor over time, but you got to look at this as a major failure for Baltimore after the season they had. I don't think it is. I, I don't think it's a failure. I don't think the season as a whole is a failure. Yeah, it's it's definitely disappointing that they lost. Uh, they were the favorite, but going into the season, were they even close to a favorite? I don't think they were. Um, they they were potential. Div- we were talking about them as as maybe not winning the division with the Steelers. So mm-hmm. like we were going back and forth between them and the Steelers. Also, the first full season with uh, the the offense. So last season they didn't have the same per- uh, same coaching staff. And last season they shouldn't. They barely made the playoffs last season. Last season was kind of a weird year. Um, they were. I don't think he threw more than ten times in most games. And now they completely changed the offense with. As a team that no no one really gave a chance for the playoffs, um, or much of a chance to be you know, especially not to be the number one seed, maybe be a wild card to get in, something like that. So I don't think this season is a failure at all. I look at this uh, almost like Patrick Mahomes last year. Um, they, you know, like the 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 crazy you know offense, the you know everyone's talking MVP, all that stuff, and he'll still be the MVP, but um, with Lamar Jackson, but like. Same thing, just doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have, no matter if he made the playoffs that one year, that was good for him, but that was, that wasn't the Lamar Jackson, what, what we're seeing now. This, this is a learning experience, I think, more than anything else. Uh, I think, I, I personally think we'll see them kind of the same way we saw the Chiefs this year. I think we'll see the same thing next year with the Ravens being in the AFC champ. They'd be my pick for the, AFC, for the Super Bowl, uh, for the, the AFC side next year. Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's far off because what we've seen in the past is that Lamar Jackson, after his first year coming into this season, put in a lot of work in the offseason to improve on what was previously his weakness, which was which was throwing the ball uh, accurately and improved a lot. So here's a guy who now has, you know, he's got more things to fix. He's going to hit the hit the weight room and hit the tape and hit all that stuff and come back, I'm sure, even better. And, uh, yeah, the Ravens are going to be – they'll start the season as favorites. I think a lot of people will agree with you. And I think that uh, they're going to get back to their old ways uh, come come the beginning of next season. But sure would have loved to see these guys in the Super Bowl. They're f- they're fun to watch. I like the attitude that they play with. But um, you know maybe maybe next year for the Ravens. But I'm going to say, who fucking called it last week? This guy. <laughs> yep you're 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 still riding high on on your team, <laughs> um, which I like. I like. I support it. I think it's awesome. Let's take a look and find out who the Titans will be playing this weekend. Uh, We had the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Houston Texans. Uh, You may have mistakenly turned this game off because Houston went up 24-0 in the second quarter of this game. They They were shellacking the Chiefs on every level. And what the Chiefs ended up doing was finishing the game on a 51-7 run. <laughs> they, scored seven, they scored touchdowns on seven consecutive drives without punts or turnovers. Seven straight touchdowns. And Patrick Mahomes led the way with 320 yards, five scores. Damian Williams added two scores on the ground. But Mahomes was your leading rusher with 53 yards. I want to talk about this in a second with you, Seth. Mahomes on the ground all of a sudden is a threat we didn't know we had to deal with. Um, but uh, Travis Kelsey was your top receiver. 10 catches, 134 yards, and three touchdowns. Huge statistical game for the Chiefs offense. And for the Texans, like I said, they, they jumped on them early. Um, they uh, they had Deshaun Watson, 388 yards, two scores. And then Carlos Hyde led the way with 44 yards rushing. 
Uh, Watson also had a touchdown on the ground. Uh, New Hopkins got in the mix here, nine catches for 118 yards, but it, almost all of that was front-loaded in the first 20 minutes of game time. So, you know, the Chiefs come on, and what was interesting about this is you never counted the Chiefs out of this game. And we got a text from our buddy who said that this game is Dan is a Chiefs fan. Uh, this game gave him a heart attack about four or five different times because if you're the Chiefs and you can score as quickly as they do on their seven touchdown drives that were consecutive, their average time of possession on those drives was like three and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. And when you can score that fast, you're never out of a game. It's kind of the mm-hmm. opposite of what the Raven what happened to the Ravens. Ravens got down two touchdowns and it was pretty much over. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Chiefs, they they can get you from anywhere. They just blindside you, and all of a sudden, twenty one points go up. Like I I got to watch this game in parts. Like I watched a little bit of the second quarter while it was twenty four zero, and then I like went away to make a phone call and came back, and it was twenty eight twenty four, and then I went away again and came back, and it was forty two twenty four. I was like, what the hell's going? It's like they're just pouring points on, uh-huh. and. You know, for for the Chiefs here, Patrick Mahomes was really special in this. And we always talk about his numbers, but he showed something different in this game, I think. He he galvanized the team. He got them fired back up when they were down 24-0, set the example, came out, and led his team back. There, there was some Russell Wilson-type shit, like we're used to, to seeing and, and talking about how Russell Wilson performs. Mahomes took a big step, I think, in his career in this game on, on Sunday. And everybody got to watch, which was really special. Um this was, this was a good game to watch. This is one of those games that I think Chiefs fans will always remember watching. The thing I want to talk about with Mahomes, Seth, is he had seven carries for 53 yards in this game. And a month ago, if you asked Mahomes if he's a mobile quarterback, he would have said no. You know, he, he rarely has rushing yards. But we saw him taking huge chunks out of this Houston defense on the ground. And all of a sudden, here's a guy who we know can throw it all over the field. But now he's a threat to run it, and that's got to be really fucking scary if you're any defense trying to get prepped for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was very impressive. Um, it it was like the, the way he the way he runs is very um, like Rogers esque. It's very opportune. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's always been he's always had quickness, and and he's been able to get out of the pocket. Um, I don't think they. I just don't think they necessarily design. Mm-hmm. a lot of runs for him. I think the way the way the reason it's happening is because that offense has Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill on it. And what a lot of defenses have elected to do is double team both of those guys. And that prevents you from being able to have the kind of pass rush that can keep Mahomes in the pocket. And if you're dropping back in man coverage and double teaming both those guys, you're mm-hmm. and they run down the field, the Chiefs do. So they're leaving huge just just acres of real estate in front of him and he's gotten to the point now where he's he's willing to take him and he's protecting himself by sliding and getting out of bounds it's been really cool yeah he i mean he runs i just pulled up his stats real quick um he runs a see like 2018 he ran 60 times for 272 yards and then this year he played two less games ran 43 times ran for 218 yards so he still he 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 runs more than most quarterbacks do um but he's still, I mean, he he and he's he's a threat because it looked like his his average yards were at least five yards every time. So he's getting good chunks. Um, but yeah, I, it's scary to see, um, you know, that that, that they're kind of letting him loose now. Like you you could kind of tell throughout the season, especially with being hurt. Um, you know, the they only really unleashed the offense when they needed to, and now now they're going for it. They're they're calling all the plays. Andy Reid, 
I think he's been in this spot so many times with a, with a dominant team, uh, whether it be in, you know here in, or there in Kansas City or in Philadelphia. Um, you know he, he's had these teams get really really close, and I think this is the closest he's gonna gonna get <laughs> at this point with just the number one seeds gone. You're playing the sixth seed, and your your opponents in the NFC. I don't think scary either. So I, I think this is, I, I think they're the best team remaining personally. Um, and I think that they, they have a great shot. I, you know, especially with the way they're playing defense, offense, all that the defense did take a little bit of a, a hit this last week with giving up, but they also didn't give up a ton of points on their fault either too. So, uh, but it can be discouraging giving up 21 points or 24 points. And then however, how much they gave up at the end. But um, yeah, the Chiefs are a scary team, and I, like I said, I think they're the best team remaining at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we we said it uh, about six, seven weeks ago. They they got healthy at the right time, and they have all their guys available right now. And they had the bye week, and it looks like they're primed for a run if they can get by Tennessee. And we'll we'll recap that game in just a second. Uh, but let's finish up the weekend by going to Green Bay where uh, groans everyone, oh, the Green Bay Packers beat the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, final score here was 28-23, to 23, and Seattle had a chance at the end of this game. And there is exactly one reason why they had a chance, and it was Russell Wilson. Um, he was the only guy that really wanted to do anything. He led the, he led the team in uh, passing, of course, with 277 yards and a touchdown, but also led in rushing with 64 yards. They got Marshawn Lynch in the end zone twice, uh, but he had 12 carries for 26 yards, just a 2.2-yard average. So they didn't get much out of the running game. Tyler Lockett had a great game uh, last week. It was DK Metcalf. This week it was Lockett, nine catches, 136, and a score. Uh, Metcalf did have four for 59. But the Seahawks were in this game the whole way. Couldn't pull it off there quite at the end. Uh, but the Packers, your your winners here, Aaron Rodgers uh, was tw- 16 of 27, for 243 and two scores, and then Aaron Jones had 62 yards and two scores on the ground. Uh, Devontae Adams is, I think if you if you have a guy that's like, you know, they talk about Michael Thomas, you can't guard Mike. Um, mm-hmm. I think you got to put Devontae Adams and a couple other guys in that same conversation. It's like, you know, the thing about, about Devontae Adams is you know he's the only guy that you really need to guard on that team. And yep. everybody knows that everybody tries to double him and you can't do it. Uh, he had eight catches for 160, and the two touchdowns here. Uh, he was really spe- he's really turned into a, one of the premier receivers in this league. Uh, Seth, so the Packers get the win, but against a really really beat up and you know not nearly at the height of their powers Seahawks team, very nearly were in a position to lose this game at the end. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. Green Bay wins again. You know, they're, they're, they advance to the conference championship game. I still am not impressed with Green Bay. I, I don't know mm-hmm. what it's going to take, but I'm not buying into this team. I can't do it. I, I think if they were to somehow win the Super Bowl, I still would not be impressed with that team. <laughs> yeah. um, they just like the defense is playing great. I mean, the two Smiths they have, um, Zadarius Smith and I can't remember the uh, Preston I can't Smith. Remember the other, Preston Smith, yep. Um, they're playing outstanding. They're, they're the reason that that the defense has been keeping them in it because that's what it is. After halftime, uh, Green Bay came out pretty quick or early and scored it, but after halftime, I think they scored maybe a field goal, if I remember. They so, had only only one touchdown in the second half. They scored it in the third. Okay, quarter. okay, that's what it was. But still, like the offense came out and was was doing almost nothing after the after halftime. The defense had to do everything pretty much to to keep them in it. Um, Russell Wilson's playing without two. The, the two best running backs that the two, I mean, Chris Carson's a top 
10-ish running back in the NFL. Uh, Penny, uh, the other guy they lost their first-round pick, uh, is is another guy who's great throughout the season. So they're they're missing those guys. They're missing their their top tight end, Will Disley. Uh, and then and I know it's a lot of excuses, and Packers fans be like, oh, the excuses they still won. Yeah, they they did, but also <laughs> you we're playing a team that fucking was not a hundred percent and shouldn't barely beat the Eagles with a backup quarterback. So like the the team is just not in good, good, a good spot. You saw that after they lost the, the running backs they had, uh, that they were just not in a good spot because they rely on the running game. And that, and that's exactly why they just can't, they couldn't get anything going on the ground. And, and Russell Wilson had to do absolutely everything. And he was doing absolutely everything until the end. It's the, the Packers should have won that game by the same lead they had going into halftime, but they, they let it slip. Um, that being said, though, like the Packers just fucking find ways to win, and I, it's, they've been doing that forever. Any mm-hmm. Packers fan has ever complained about losing a game, shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> you, you have all had these crazy ass stupid wins with two back with back to back quarterbacks over the last two decades now that have been able to do this stuff. So they need to stop fucking complaining. <laughs> we don't want to hear your bullshit, Green Bay fans. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you talk about Seattle and then their season obviously comes to an end here. And this is a team that, you know, six weeks ago we were talking about as probably the number one seed in the NFC home field throughout the playoffs. And then just boom, 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 guys start going down. And that's what you see in the NFL all the time. Um, you know, they kind of had the opposite of the Chiefs problem this year. Um, so you got to feel for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And, you know, when when they they had such a big part of their game taken away really at the worst time. Uh, you know, they, they may do with what they had after that, but you know, I, I think that they, it would have been, it would have been a Herculean performance by Russell Wilson if they were to get through the playoffs to the Super Bowl. but uh, just couldn't quite do it. But this is a team that is young uh, that obviously is going to be getting healthier. They've got a great coaching staff. They've got Russell Wilson. I think the Seahawks are one of the teams we'll be talking about this time next year. Um, but uh, unfortunate to see the way it kind of fell apart at the end for Seattle. Yeah, I'd love for them to get a few more pieces on defense. Um, it sounds like Clowney's going to have to have surgery. Uh, that's the other thing, too. Their best defensive player has some sort of, I, I might even be a hernia. It's something. I don't know. He tore something, and he needs surgery. Um, so he's playing that game with torn body parts, <laughs> and he was still he was still sacking Aaron Rodgers. So eat some balls. Um, but they they do need uh, some, some more help on defense. Uh, very badly, especially in the secondary. Um, and, uh, you know, it'd be good for them to get a few more pieces on the off- offensive line. But like you said, healthy, like a healthy running game back, um, you know, hopefully they don't run into the bad luck. Hopefully Will Disley can recover and play well because he was, he was playing super well for them, uh, an amazing red zone target. Um, so they are, they are definitely like my, my thoughts on them going into the season were I was down on them. I didn't think they were going to be a very good mm-hmm. football team. And You weren't the only one. And, yeah, and and they ended up playing great. I mean, I like I said, I think like I said, I think my perception of them has has taken a 180, and I think that they they are going to be, especially like with the emergence of DK Metcalf and how he he's going to be a superstar. I think this team is going to be a lot of fun to watch for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so you and I not very impressed uh, with Green Bay whatsoever, but. Uh, they they do they do get the victory and advance to the NFC Championship game where they'll play the Niners, and uh, let's let's skip on forward and go ahead and recap. I'm sorry, not recap. Preview the upcoming uh, conference championship games. Let's hop into uh, hop into our our little future bus and go see what's coming up. It's coming right for us. 
All right, let's start in the AFC, Seth. Your your Tennessee Titans Tighten up. Are, are headed to Kansas City. This is the early game on Sunday, and it's Titans-Chiefs. And we just talked a second ago about how great the Chiefs are looking. They've got the offense together. Uh, the defense is actually playing really well lately, and that we used to think was a weak point of this team. Um, and then you have the Titans who are coming in. They're the Cinderella six seed. Derrick Henry is just fucking charging through people. And I think he he is what gives them a real shot in this game because the Chiefs, as good as their defense has played, has, have not been good against the run, not even with packed boxes. I saw an interesting stat that the more men they put in the box, actually the more yards per carry they, they have given up. <laughs> and it it's weird. I don't get it. But Derrick Henry, ha- I mean – if if I'm if if you can find right now when as we speak somewhere in Kansas City their coaching staff is talking about what do we do about Derrick Henry like right now that's all they're going to talk about all week and so <laughs> I think this game for for the Tennessee offense goes one of two ways either Derrick Henry gets the ball 30 times and has a huge game and keeps them in it or it's an opportunity for Ryan Tannehill to show what he's got he's he's not had to do much in these playoff games but we've seen what he's capable of and. Um, you know, maybe maybe things open up for the passing game because they're going to be really, really focused in on Derrick Henry. But for the Chiefs, you know, you've got Mahomes coming back in. They're red fucking hot on offense. It doesn't seem like anybody can stop them. But Tennessee's had a really good defense. Uh, they just shut down Baltimore, who was the top offense this season. I love this matchup. I'm very hesitant to pick because I don't know if you know this. I have picked almost every game wrong in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, this past week, I got the Niners right. No, I got the Niners wrong. I picked the Vikes. The one game I got right was the Chiefs, actually. Um, and I think going back to prior week, I got every, I got pretty much every game wrong. So I, I don't know what, I don't know what this is gonna do. I don't know if this is gonna jinx anybody, or, uh, or if I'm gonna be right. I'm, I'm going, I'm gonna take the Chiefs at home. I think that they're just so fired up right now. Yes, there's maybe a potential threat for a letdown, but I think Patrick Mahomes is ready, and he's going to lead this team uh, into the Super Bowl. That's my pick, KC. Um, you're talking about the the, the play calling. Um, I imagine that uh, that the Titans head coach or whoever calls plays, you know, they 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 have like the laminated play sheet that they often like talk <laughs> behind. If they turn it around, it's just going to say Henry with an arrow going up. That's all. That's that's the that's the play. They just panther run all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's not a surprise what they're gonna do. I don't think. Um, so my 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 head says one thing and my heart says another thing. Go and with your heart, brother. What? Go with your heart, brother. I, and and my head agrees with you. Um, but God damn it, tighten up. <laughs> ride them, ride them. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Dan's gonna be mad, but tighten up. <laughs> no one gives a shit about Dan. Tighten up. That's, Tighten up. I, I'll say this. I I I would love to see the Chiefs get in. I think it'd be a great Super Bowl if the Chiefs represented the AFC. I think it would be great for Andy Reid. Uh, you you know you really want to root for him. But to me, the most entertaining option is the Titans. I I uh, I think that would be <laughs> really fun to watch. I'm I'm still going to stick with my pick of the Chiefs, but I will not be disappointed if I'm wrong here. Tighten up. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be really funny if if the Titans end up going all the way because you we talked about this before. I have eight eight teams that are Cody's teams <laughs> and you you just you were you love the Vikings and then one week you were like Titans. And I, since I, then as soon, since then they've been magic. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I 
Because as soon as Mariota left, I in that first game after Ta- uh, Tannehill played, and I was like, I like this team, um, and I was never like too confident on them, but somehow they just keep doing it. I don't, I don't know how they're doing it, but uh, my uncle's a really big. He's from Nashville, and he's a super big uh, Titans fan, and he was at my family Christmas this, this last weekend, um, and he was all excited about it. So I've always had a little bit of a connection to the Titans um, through through him, um, but. Uh, I've never really liked them because they had Mariota and they just kept sticking with them. But they they got a quarterback in there and man, I fucking love them. They're they're fun to watch and Derrick Henry is my type of running back, just fucking plowing over people. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm excited to to see what happens. Tighten up, tighten up, baby. I can't wait to watch him. I love watching Henry run. He reminds me of myself when I played a uh, similar running style. <laughs> you know what's funny too is I have another I have another uncle uh, who's a huge Chiefs fan and our family Christmas two years ago. I believe they played. They had a playoff game that day, and they were watching it together. And, and the Titans won. The Titans actually have a pretty decent record against the the Chiefs. So, um, but they did uh, win so the matchup they, earlier this in the regular season. The Titans did win that matchup, and I think it might yep. have been in KC. Yep. So, but no, it's uh, it, it's been funny, like with them going back and forth too uh, about the about the the Titans and the Chiefs. So, um, I, I, I like I said, I, I I like the Titans, and I'm excited for them to uh, go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. We shall see. Last time Titans were in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 34 against the Rams, where they lost by one yard yeah. to the they need, they need. Well, if they would have had Derrick Henry back then, he would have just ran, o- ran over everyone <laughs> and went to the end zone. Because the Rams right. suck. Well, I don't know about all that. Uh, <laughs> let's take a look at the NFC Championship game. We have the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Green Bay Packers. Um, I'm going to go a long way around getting to our picks, but listeners who have listened to even just the show know who we're going to pick. But uh, San Francisco comes in hot after the handling of the Vikings last week. Sorry to mention it again. Um, San Francisco all season. What do they do? They run the football. They play great defense. One interesting wrinkle for the Niners this weekend. uh, George Kittle is expected to play but is injured. And um, it looks like today they said that he's expected to play, but he's dealing with an injury that he sustained against the Vikings. I want to say it's an ankle. Um, so they're expecting to have him, but he won't be 100%. He is often an X factor for that Niners defense. Um, for the Packers, you know, again, it's a similar thing. They're, they're, they seem to be a running football team. They start the ball with Aaron, um, Aaron Jones, and then, you know, Aaron Rodgers cleans up when he needs to. I, I am predicting a route. I, I think... Uh, we saw Sam Fran handle this Packers team, and I know people say it's hard to beat up on a team twice in the same year. I just think the disparity in talent, the disparity in coaching, the home field advantage, uh, it just all seems to bend the Niners' way. And I, I don't know that there's been a lot of times in Aaron Rodgers' career when he's been a huge underdog, but everyone in America is picking the Niners. I'm going to join in on that, and we're all going to look very stupid if Rodgers pulls some magic, but... It just seems it seems just like a David and Goliath matchup between a one and two seed, which is rare. But the Niners do everything very well, and the Packers have some defenses or some deficiencies that I think will get exploited. So I think it's San Fran going away. I don't even like this as a close game. I I mean I don't I don't think I just know like because the Packers the Packers have been here before, and I know it's a different Aaron Rodgers, and I've been doubting them all season. But I think there's just there's something to be said there. It's like the Tom Brady effect in a way. I mean, I'm not calling Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady, but he kind of, you know, he, he, 
and he's not proven in the playoffs, but he he's he's a special quarterback. We'll we'll say that. You know, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, no matter where he's at, he's had plays this year where he's looked great. Most of the time he's not, but he's had plays. And even in this game against the Seahawks, that first half he looked like himself. So I don't think you can count out the Packers. I would love for this to be, you know, like you're saying, I would love for the for the Niners to go in there and just completely dominate. I would be that would that would make me so very happy. <laughs> but um I, I just don't know. Like I have this feeling about the Packers and it's I I saw it watching this game against the Seahawks. It was just like they they find ways to get to get through or to find ways to win by the skin of their teeth. They just figure it out, and it's it's so fucking annoying. I hate it so much. <laughs> um, I get so frustrated watching the Packers because they always figure it out. Um, but no, I I, I mean. If I were to pick, I think just with the home field. But then there's also, too, like, the Niners, this, this is the first time they've been here now. Like, just kind of like the same with Patrick Mahomes last year and Lamar Jackson this year. Like, this is J- Jimmy Garoppolo's first big, big moment. Um, this team last year was won, like, what, three games? So it's, it's, it's a team that kind of reminds me of, like, the Vikings from a couple years ago. Like, just kind of rolled through the season, played great defense, ran the ball super well, then got to that big moment and didn't show up. So, you know, so who knows? Like they've done everything so well this season though. The Niners have looked like looked 100% legitimate. I think I'm going to go with them just because of the home field and and kind of the momentum they're riding and everything and they dominated the Vikes. So, I'm going to go with the Niners, but I don't feel good about this game at all. Mm-hmm. You just got that sneaking suspicion, right? Because I've seen it so many goddamn fucking times. <laughs> I can understand that. I can. Um, so you and I are both on San Francisco, but we disagreed about the AFC game. Uh, let me change the question up on you slightly, Seth. You you have Tennessee and San Francisco in the Tighten Super up. Bowl. Is that the game you would – if I just said what would be the best Super Bowl? What, would, what game would you most like to watch? Is that it, or would you change your picks if that was the motivation? Uh, it'd probably be KC then. If that's like I said, I think KC is the best team remaining, and I think mm-hmm. Niners are the second best team remaining. So if that's you know what I want, the two best teams playing, I think that's that's who I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like if the Packers make the Super Bowl, I don't know if I'm gonna fucking watch it. I'm, <laughs> I might, I I might just go to a movie that night, or I don't know, I. I don't want to watch the Super Bowl with the Packers. So really my true answer is anything without any combination that doesn't include the Packers. Mm. But again, I have that feeling, but I'm serious. I might not watch it if the Packers play. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I I agree with you. I think, I think Chiefs Niners will be the best game. Um, That would be really exciting to watch. If it, if I ended up being wrong on both games and it was Tennessee versus the Packers, you're, I wouldn't love watching that game, but I would love Derrick Henry running over everyone in a Green Bay uniform and taking it home. That that the I ol- think would be would be kind of fun. The only way I would watch that game is if it was if it was Titans Packers. The only way I'd watch that game is if they promised to have Aaron Rodgers play like cornerback for a play, and <laughs> and Derrick Henry just runs as hard as possible at him. Uh, that would be. I'd pay to watch that. I'd pay to watch that. NFL if you're listening. We want to see quarterbacks against 260 pound <laughs> running backs. Uh, yes, please. Even just in an Oklahoma just, drill, maybe just as a reality show during the off season. <laughs> no, I want to see it in the Super Bowl. I want to see Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' head be removed from its body uh, in the Super Bowl. 
All right. Well, we're bordering on premeditated murder on I behalf of I fucking Seth, hate so that man. <laughs> I'm going to close we're going to close up the the game previews here and um and said you dick. did you put together a DFS lineup for this week, yes? Yeah, I figured something out. All right, let's do it. Well, let's do our DraftKings uh here is Seth's picks of the week. How have you been doing in the playoffs? I know it gets it gets tougher in the playoffs. How has that been going? Yeah, um, the the wild card round I did re- uh, very well uh, last week. I I did not do super well. I entered a, a little bit higher of a of a fee to play in a game, and uh, it it uh, didn't pay off. <laughs> so um, didn't it was just based on one game though. So um, but yeah, I mean it's fun. I like doing it, so I'm gonna keep doing it. Um, yeah. So this week. I only bet on Aaron Rodgers to have a, a catastrophic knee injury. No, um, <laughs> I didn't want that because I, I might need him to get me some money. So I have my lineup this week, and it, it is more difficult with now there's only four teams to pick from, and everyone's going to have the same team. So it's like one of those things where you, like one player will make the difference, mm. you know? You got to get um, outside so kind of the box an, a little bit. Yeah, so... Um, the, the lineup I have, of course I had to pay high for Derrick Henry. I think he's going to have a great game and it's my boy, my boy, Derrick, Derrick Henry. So he's going to make me some money. I have not picked him yet either. Like I, I just, cause he's gone nuts these last few weeks. He's gotten a ton of points in fan and daily fantasy. And I haven't, I haven't used him. I've been going cheap on running backs. So I would go with Derrick Henry this week. Uh, he's expensive though. I think he's the most expensive player out there. It's 8,700 bucks. Um, and then to kind of go a little bit lower with that, I have Raheem Mostert uh, with the the Niners. And that's the thing with the Niners is that they have three running backs mm-hmm. that could go off at any time. So it's just kind of like one of those things you hope. That could be the player that wins you is Raheem Mostert or Tevin Coleman or, or uh, Matt Breida, one of those guys. Again, had to back up my boy Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback position, 5,500. <laughs> and, uh, and then my wide receiver positions. Again, back in my Titans, I went with Corey Davis instead of A.J. Brown on this like one at $4,000. He's a little bit cheaper of an option. I do have Devontae Adams. I mentioned that uh, that uh, I, I need Aaron Rodgers to play somewhat well, but he's, he's kind of a lock. He's always going to get he's going to get 10-plus targets a game. So uh, Devontae Adams is a good pick at $7,900. And then I went with, some, I went with a couple Chiefs, uh, Sammy Watkins for $4,600 at the, uh, the third wide receiver position. And then my flex, I went with Tyreek Hill at $7,200. Uh, and then George Kittle, uh, he's actually cleared. He, he is he is going to play, so he doesn't have an injury designation. Designation. Uh, he's fifty eight hundred bucks. And then I went cheap on the defense with Titans defense. Nice, nice. Here's hoping for a shootout in Kansas City. Uh, hella points for Tannehill throwing to Corey Davis and running in with with Henry. I love it. I, I love this whole this whole like you being in on the Titans thing. I love because. <laughs> You get to act the way most fans act about their team, except <laughs> without the like added baggage that the Vikings have for you. So you just get to be like a real fan of the fucking Titans. It's awesome. It's fun to see. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the Titans. They're my team. Tighten up. <laughs> <laughs> Tighten up. Oh, man. Uh, well, if you want to make some money in Daily Fantasy DraftKings um, or anything of that nature, I can't even think of the alternative to DraftKings right now. But um, FanDuel. FanDuel. That, that's the other big one. Uh, if you want to make some money, do it with Cess Picks. Here we go. All right, folks, we are just about to the end of our show, but before we finish it up, let's give you just one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I think my, my one more thing is just a general, I just want to express a general 
disappointment in some teams. Like, we talked all season about how great the Saints were. And you and I were in love with the Seahawks for most of the season. And obviously, everyone is all about the Patriots. And, you know, teams like the Bills who were getting a lot of hype. And I know that there can only be four teams at this time of the season. But some of those teams that I was really hoping would be here at the end just aren't. And I don't know. For me, if this, this weekend feels a, just a little empty. I don't know why. Um, but I, I think there's great games and great matchups, and I think it's going to be really entertaining. But I don't know. For whatever reason, some of the teams that I was really stoked about, it's probably because I was really stoked about them, uh, aren't here. And it's a little bit disappointing, especially teams like the Ravens, who we fully expected to still be here at this time, and they laid an egg. Um, I don't know what it is. It seems like every every team that we got excited about this season, not even just us, it's just the general public, uh, has found a way to shit the bed. And it just, it seems to me like whoever shits the bed last is going to end up with the Lombardi trophy. And we'll see. I, I fully expect we'll have some great games and a great Super Bowl matchup. But, you know, I, there, are, there are teams that, that disappointed me by not getting quite so far as I expected them to. That, I guess that would be my general one more thing. More of a bummer than I typically like to have. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just because my Rams aren't here. It feels empty. I was, I was just about to say, if you, uh, you know, you take one of those little pull tabs off where it says, uh, some teams underneath it'll say my Rams. <laughs> they did disappoint. I, I, I will not lie. Uh, th- this time yeah. last year, I was getting pumped up for, uh, for the Rams headed to, uh, headed to the Super Bowl. So maybe that's, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the, the reason for my, my feeling of, of empty void where my soul should be. I don't know. Something, something to do with that. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the happy moment—a nice, nice sentimental moment, one that'll give your maybe give your eye ducks a little bit of a lubrication. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, I don't know if you saw during the um, oh, what, what, I think, was it the Green Bay? Might have been. It was I think it was the Green Bay game. Um, they announced that Jimmy Johnson is going to the Hall of Fame. Oh, that was really nice. I did love that. Yeah, and so he was—he was like he couldn't even talk. Like he was crying, and the the whole. Uh, the whole crew was there and gave him a hug, and Terry Bradshaw was was being really uh, emotive. I felt he almost felt a little fake to me, but he probably doesn't know what he had for lunch that day, so <laughs> um, he didn't know where he was. But then they showed Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman was watching a feed, and he was up there crying and stuff. So pretty crazy. It was. It's really cool to see when it means that much to people. Um, it's really cool to see that, and and uh, I've always liked Jimmy Johnson being on the morning and you know the 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 game the NFL on Fox and all that stuff. So. Good to see that moment and that Troy Aikman is happy and that whole, you know that that whole team you know has has a piece in there. Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, um, is Irvin Michael Irvin? Mm-hmm. He's in the Hall of Fame. So like they have just pieces everywhere from you know something Jimmy Johnson built with those trades and all that stuff. So uh, a trade that he you know uh, screwed Minnesota with, but <laughs> that was their own doing. But uh, you know it, it's it's good to see and I was happy to see that that moment. That was really cool. It was really nice because that whole Fox team is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, that too. He was the last of the Fox crew, and it was really cool. They put together a nice surprise for him on the air and all the guys being there. And, dude, I have such a soft spot for, like, old old guys getting, like, appreciation. You know, like, lifetime mm-hmm. achievement type stuff. That always gets to me, and, and this was no exception. That, that was really special. That I agree with you. That was a really good one. Uh, and good on you, Fox, for making that a, a big moment for for Jimmy. Um, but uh, yeah, that was nice. That was nice. So everyone's happy for Jimmy, and Cody's not happy with the with the playoff uh, playoff finishers. 
what what was kind of funny too was was uh because he couldn't talk like when when mm-hmm. he when it happened he like was and and i think kurt menefee goes you all right jimmy like he actually mm-hmm. sounded concerned and and <laughs> it's funny because like at that age well it's not funny but it is kind of funny because at that age that could have like that could have <laughs> killed him <laughs> it could have been a serious problem yeah <laughs> oh that's sad i can't believe I'm laugh- i laughed so hard at that but oh, um okay. Yeah, that could have been a, a Jimmy Johnson learns that he's in the Hall of Fame and then dies on TV. Oh man, that'd be pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, good on you, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, one of the guys that truly deserves it. So we 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 tip our caps to you, uh, and welcome to the Hall of Fame. I'm excited to see what they do because it'll be a big deal this year because it's the hundredth class. So I'm excited to see all the pomp and circumstance that they put in to uh announcing the the class and and getting them inaugurated and everything so always love to see that kind of stuff but i'm down to one more, one more thing all right folks that's going to do it for this week's edition of the soco sports show uh we'll be back next week to talk about the super bowl preview uh i imagine we'll do we'll probably i don't know i guess we haven't talked about this we'll do the super bowl preview we'll obviously react to the super bowl i don't know how many of these shows we'll do after that um we obviously NFL is kind of our thing. We don't really do a ton of NBA, but uh, maybe a, a long break for the sports show after the end of the season. But we'll we'll certainly keep you guys posted on that um, after after the Super Bowl happens. But uh, make sure you come on back in seven days to catch our uh, conference championship recaps and our Super Bowl picks. And uh, until then, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you're listening, so you can get new episodes of this show every Friday, new episodes of the SoCo Show every Thursday. Uh, shouts out to our contributors, Mike V, Jared B, and Fuck You for keeping the show afloat. Uh, fuck You, by the way, uh, going to be rooting hard for his Chiefs this weekend. <laughs> right, Dan, we know it's you, you piece of shit. Um, <laughs> so uh, get out there, guys. Enjoy the football games on Sunday, and we will see you next week. Balls. And boom goes the dynamite. Tighten up.